Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another episode of Just Sports. I'm your host, John Cawthon, and today we're going to be talking about the NFL, and we're going to talk about the AFC South teams in general. So the AFC South teams, we have the Jaguars, the Titans, the Colts, and the Texans. And so the only one we're not going to spend a ton of time on is the Houston Texans because Houston is the seventh biggest market. And so I don't want to spend much time on them. We're going to instead focus a lot more on the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tennessee Titans, who are in Nashville, and the Indianapolis Colts. So we're going to talk about the, we're going to start off with the AFC South leading leaders in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the main topic here is, are we going to, are we having playoff trouble? Are we going to have trouble here to make it in playoffs? They're leading the division right now, I believe with an eight and five record, um, or eight and six record, something like that. And um, they're looking pretty good overall, except that they lost the last two straight and they were both to AFC opponents. So that that's really hurt them. Uh, and especially because that was to the Bengals and the Browns. So, we're going to explore a little bit of why it is. They basically look out of sync, but have upside to turn around. Uh, overall, their health isn't too bad. They have uh, some offensive line issues, I believe, at tackle. Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk is hurting right now. Don't think he's scheduled to play in this upcoming game either. So they really need to get him back on the field as well. That's, I think, you know, a security blanket for Trevor Lawrence, and he doesn't have that right now, although – it looked like Evan Ingram turned, uh, turned in that security blanket for him. So they may be able to use that to their advantage a little better. Um, but they need to lean on the run. They need to keep using uh, ETN quite a bit. Uh, I think Rashawn Johnson's a backup. They could use him quite a bit. You know, they need to kind of play a lot more ball control with this thing and not rely so much on Lawrence having to throw it, especially they're throwing it to receivers that, He's, he doesn't have as much comfort level as he does with Christian Kirk. Uh, you know, so they need to do a little bit better there. And Trevor Lawrence was talking after the last game about how they committed too many turnovers and how they made too many mistakes. And he, he was right. He was spot on. And they need to not do that. And I think the way to not do that is by running the ball. Uh, you got a good run game there. They can definitely get that going. Uh ETN can obviously catch passes as well, too. So they definitely need to utilize him a lot more, lean on that time, you know, control the time bit so you're not out there turning the ball over as many times. Uh, make sure everybody's aware not to turn that ball over and, you know, two hands on the ball, that kind of stuff. So, you know, they, I think they can get it right. I mean, Doug Peterson, you know, he's a really good coach. It's not surprising that they have some slumps, but Peterson, I believe, will get that thing turned around. And I think another reason why they will turn it around is we really have to take a look at their schedule here. And this is partly why I said they should end up being the AFC South champs. They have the Ravens, which, yes, that's probably going to be a loss. But once they get past that, they have the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Titans. And... That's not bad at all. Those are all very winnable, um, especially the Panthers and Titans toward the end of the year. I mean, they, they, they definitely should win that, no problem. Uh, they just got to get past the Ravens and the Bucks, which, again, the Ravens might knock them down a peg. I don't see the Bucks necessarily doing it to them. Uh, as long as the, you know, it's another one of these games where as long as the Jaguars aren't turning it over, they should be okay. 
uh, Panthers they should beat. I mean, Panthers can't beat anybody, it seems. And then the Titans, by that point, probably will be playing a lot more younger guys, getting better evaluation on tape for some of their guys. So I'd imagine that that should be a win for the Jaguars as well, too. So if you're a Jaguars fan and you're listening to this, it, I think all in all, you know, the rest of the season is going to look pretty good for you guys. You just got to get past the Ravens here, and that's going to be the biggest uh, hurdle. And then injuries. You, you know, you're a team that cannot afford any injuries. Uh, you don't have the players on the back end of things to, to really cover for that. So getting Christian Kirk back will be a big deal. Uh, I believe it's the tackles that are hurting, so getting those guys back will be a big deal. And then just staying out of, out of um, injury status with that. But, but all in all, I, t- I fully expect the Jaguars to win this division this year with the remaining schedule, with their talent between Lawrence, uh, ATN, Christian Kirk, Ingram. They probably have the overall um, best cast of characters on offense there. Uh, there's another team that is kind of rivaling them in the division a little bit in that regard, uh, but we'll talk about them here in the connection once we get to that team. But uh, Jaguars um, – you know, they should look pretty good. Now, while we're here, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Jaguar small market as well. And, you know, it was kind of surprising when the Jaguars came aboard that they were going to be an expansion team. They were the 52nd smallest market. And, you know, the only smaller market was Green Bay Packers. Um, so it was kind of a surprise. But I believe they have grown into the 42nd biggest TV market down there in Jacksonville because of their growth. And that was, you know, much like when the Oilers moved to Nashville or when the Oilers slash Titans moved to Nashville and then eventually became the Titans, that was also considered a smaller market and Nashville's grown quite wildly as well too. So uh, we see this from time to time in NFL and that's, you know, precisely why the Jaguars or the Jacksonville area got the NFL team uh, still, still, you know, uh, lower mid-sized type market, but uh, definitely something to to be growing there. And they've, they've grown their fan base. And I think, you know, with the Panthers taking a bit of a hit as they've been in the last couple of years, um, you know, and not taking on as much of that area and the Falcons not being quite as good as they've been, I think there, there has been some room for Jacksonville to kind of sneak up a bit and grab some more fans, especially when they got Trevor Lawrence. That was – you know, called some attention to that franchise. Um, and Doug Peterson a little bit too, you know, having been with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and stuff. So, um, you know, outlook looks pretty good for Jacksonville. Now, the only other thing that can come up, and I'll visit this topic someday, is, you know, Jacksonville's probably been the team connected most to moving to London. But I'm not sure that would actually happen. Um, I kind of feel that, it would be more that the NFL would look to establish probably two teams in the London area and do it that way rather than moving a team. But I think it might depend too if, you know, if things can be pretty good in Jacksonville and they can be competitive, I don't really see that happening. But if Jacksonville falls down and, you know, becomes kind of like a Bears-ish situation or, you know, Patriots, what the Patriots have come in the last couple, you know, just, just not – ever winning anything and really just not doing well, then, you know, when you start having small market teams that don't do well at all, it's, it's a problem for the NFL. So as long as the, as long as Jacksonville can, can hang in there and do well, then I, I think you guys end up keeping your team. Um, 
you know, your owners put quite a bit of money into the stadium and different things going on there. So um, I don't think they want to abandon that just, just so, you know, but they are still in that kind of grouping where, you know, he does have connections. Uh, Shad Khan does have connections over there in London. So it's, you know, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in a couple of years if that did happen. But anyway, uh, Jaguars should be playoff, uh, should be AFC leaders in this. And they do have competition in a division. So they got to look out for that. Their probably main two competitions are the Texans and the Colts. And the Colts is the next team we're going to talk about. So we have one of them. I'm going to. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to look at the, one of the most famous coaches you guys had in your history. Maybe not famous for wins, but I'm going to quote the late, great Jim Moorhair, who famously said, Playoffs, playoffs. I just hope we can win a game. The Colts aren't necessarily that bad right now. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that, oh man, this is looking like a Jim Moore situation. No, no, no. I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm just trying to say that they they have to be in this mentality of they got to win a game. They got to win every game. Like every game basically matters right now for the Colts. You, you lose one at this point and it's, it's probably going to be the one that's going to undo you. So, you know, as of this recording, I believe they're sitting in the seventh spot. So they're right there and they're just kind of hanging there. I mean, it's not really any other better way to describe it. They're literally, hanging there um, and got to win every game. So I think, you know, with having Gardner Minshew at quarterback, it's been kind of amazing to watch them be able to do this. I kind of think a lot of experts had them sort of written off this year as a team that wasn't going to make playoffs and they're right there and they're on the cusp of, of securing that up. If they can win their uh, next couple games, which we'll get to in a second. But I think, the biggest thing for the Colts right now is you got to take pressure off Minshew. You do not want him trying to do everything. You don't want him throwing like 30, 40 times a game. So this whole drama with Jonathan Taylor's got to end. Like you at this point need him or at the very least, you got to get Zach Moss running again. Like he did when he, when uh, Taylor was completely out, but the best thing would be to get Jonathan Taylor going, get him back running hard and get that pressure off of Manchu. Yes, Michael Pittman is good. Josh Downs is good. Alec Pierce is good. Molly Cox is good. Kyle Granson's good. You got a pretty good cast. Now I'm going to say it's the best in the division, but it's 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 doable and it's it's serviceable and it can get you games. But in order for that cast to be even better, you got to have you got to have the defense being able to come down, stack seven, eight in the box and then be able to hit those guys one-on-one. And that's what the Colts desperately need. they got to get Taylor going. they got to find a way to get him back on the field. Um, their defense is getting pressure sacks, you know, uh, and that's risen, I think, in the last two weeks with them. But their back end needs to do a better job. You can't have the team scoring like 30-plus points on you. Um, so, you know, because if you're leaving if you're leaving receivers wide open, it doesn't matter if, they, if that uh, – you know, if that defensive end or, or linebacker or lineman, whatever, gets in there within two and a half seconds, your quarterback's going to have somebody to throw to. So defense on the back end's got to get a little better. they got to keep up with their sacks like they've been doing. Get Jonathan Taylor going, and I think they can pull stuff off, and here's why. It is going to be tough, though. So they probably have a schedule that's going to – 
gonna be hard gonna be a little hard to do but it is doable so you have this and i can't remember if i got these in the right order but you have the steelers falcons raiders and texans to go every one of those teams is not out of the playoffs yet now the raiders are pretty much right there along with like what the titans that we discussed at one or two more games and they're pretty much done so that should be kind of an easy win Steelers, I believe, are like in the sixth spot, something like that. Uh, somewhere between the fifth and the eighth spot right now for the playoffs. So, you know, you know they're going to be fighting hard for it. Falcons and NFC are basically still in the hunt for their division. So, you know, they're going to bring their A game or most likely will. And then the Texans, of course, I believe are... I think of the Colts' last game, if I'm not mistaken. And that could be a real toughie, depending on where both those teams are. So you got to expect that the Texans are going to be a really hard team to battle against, especially by that point, if they get their guys healthy, which we'll talk about. Um, but going back to the Steelers and Falcons for a minute. So, like, you know, all these teams have their issues. And starting with, like, the Steelers there, you know, their quarterback has not been good at all this year. Now, all their other position guys have been as good or have been better, but, it all, you know, all the receivers depend upon that quarterback. The running backs have been good, but, they, you know, they're, they're reeling from finding their offensive coordinator. Falcons just haven't gotten their personnel right on offense all year. They're another team that suffers from quarterback woes. Uh, so, in the Raiders, of course, who knows if they'll be using Garoppolo or O'Connell or whatever. So all these teams have issues. And if you're the Colts, if you want to state that you're a good team, that you're a playoff team, it's kind of that old saying where it's like, you know, you kind of are what you played as. And the Colts are, we're about to find out who the Colts are. Like, are they one of the better teams? Or are they in the mix of these teams? Or are they worse than these teams? I mean, if you lose all of them, you were worse than some mediocre teams. If you beat them all, then you're better than average. So this this stretch of games here, especially the Steelers and Falcons game, which I believe are the next two, are really going to define exactly who the Colts are and just how good are you, Colts. And so going again, going back to Jim Moore here, playoffs, playoffs, you got to win the game. <laughs> you know, you, you don't win the games, you're definitely not going to make it. Um, they do right now have the second best chance in the AFC South. So, you know, they can get that done. Uh, they'll have a good shot to be in there. But I I truly believe that they're going to have to win probably every one of those. The only one they might be able to lose is the Falcons one, maybe. But, you know, if you're sitting with seven wins now, you got four games left, you go 10 and, you know, 10 wins, that's, I mean, in a competitive AFC, that may not get you it. So if you can get 11, you'd probably be pretty good. But uh, even if you can get 10, then you might be in it. You lose any more than that, you're definitely going to be subject to not getting it. So the Colts are right there. It's They might have the hardest schedule of the rest of the teams, though. But I I, I just don't know if I believe the Colts will do it. I, I don't know if Taylor's going to come back enough healthy. I feel like Minshew at some point is going to drop off. Um, and they're one injury away. They're like a Pittman injury away, um, you know, from really going down. So um, I'm not sure they make it, but they do have a shot at it. Uh, it's It may even come down that last game, the Texans game, you know, and they both might, might be fighting for the wild card at that point. So with that and saying Texans, the Texans now are in a world of hurt. 
they were probably looking like the best team uh, right before all their injury started. And they were really going to be threatening the Jags here pretty soon. I believe the Texans are sitting right in the eighth spot right now if the playoffs were to end today. But with their rash of injuries, and let me just walk you through the injuries here. So they have Tank Dell, who's out for the season. Nico Collins, who I may not be playing this next game. I'm not sure. Haven't seen an injury report update today. C.J. Stroud, there's a very good chance that he won't be playing. Uh, it all depends on how much he can get through the protocol in the next couple days here. I believe he's only got up till Friday, uh, maybe Saturday, to uh, get get clear. But So he's got to get that done. And then Schultz, um, sounds like Schultz, there's a good chance that he won't play either. So you'd be without your, you're already out with the, without your number one receiver. You're probably out with without your number one, number two receiver. You'll be without your number one quarterback and number one tight end. And I believe they have like a center issue or guard issue or something like that going on as well, too. That's a lot of stuff, man, for especially for backups. You know, your third string receiver to take over as a number one, your backup to be playing who hasn't really had much chance to play all year outside of the last game where Stroud got hurt. Um, you're asking backup tight end to come in, which backup tight end did decent when he came in. We've seen Noah Brown would be the number one receiver if, if Collins can't go. We've seen him do some things, but we also saw that last game where, you know, it, it's that whole thing where you didn't get the whole time playing, you didn't get the whole time practicing. So it's, you know, at least they'll have the practice um, time under their belts, but that's still a hard ask. You know, that's still a hard ask to do no matter what team they're playing. Um, and then just to tidy up here on the Texans, since we're not going to spend much time, um, they played the Titans twice, the Browns, the Colts. So they have some tough games uh, between the Browns and Colts, but they do have Titans twice, so they might be able to pull it off. Uh, but if they keep having the injuries, they will. I don't see it's going to happen. Um, speaking of the Titans, we'll spend some time on this here. So the Titans got to ask themselves one question. Are they going to be good the rest of this year, or are they going to not be good the rest of this year? And it's not to say that you just all of a sudden say tank and throw your hands up in the air and say, we're not going to be good, blah, blah, blah. But I think you you have to start kind of at least thinking a little bit about where do you want your draft pick to be? You know, you win too many games, you're going to end up in the middle of the pack, and that's not going to be great, especially for a team that doesn't have a lot of draft picks. On the other side, you do want to see Will Levis' development. You do want to see him do some things well. But I also think you also got to be a little careful with him. If, if he's in a game and, I mean, we've already seen him kind of run around and smack other guys. Like, he had a ball pop up in the air, and he's, like, running after it to try to catch it and run into big defensive linemen. I'm like, man, somebody's got to pull this kid aside and say, dude, we want you to be here next year, not in a hospital. So, you know, I think there's got to be some consideration to pulling him back a little bit, or even if they're in a blowout loss, pulling him out, go ahead and let Tannehill in and, you know, taking hits and whatever. But they've got to look at that. Um, and so by development, I mean the total thing of, you know, he's going to be your quarterback going forward, at least in the next year. And, you know, do you really need to keep him in some games where it's just – you know, getting blown out and he's getting blown up. So they've got to look at that. Um, they, the one thing that they need to do that I wasn't sure going into the end of this year, at the beginning of this year, 
where they would be with this, but I'm convinced that they need to keep DeAndre Hopkins around. And I don't like, he has a two year contract. So he had this year and he's going to have next year, but I think they really need to look at this maybe even more long-term. Now I say that, and it's always hard to keep older receivers around who want to get paid really high, but I think you could try to do a contract that sort of goes down in money. Um, Maybe, I don't know if they would go for that, but I would try to look at something because Hopkins seems to have developed a really good rapport with him this year and much to my surprise. And I think that's really great. And they need to do that for Levis's development. I I don't think Burks is going to work out like they thought. And if you were to move on from Hopkins, then you're relying on Burks and Burks just just does not look like even a number two receiver at this point. So I think keeping Hopkins around, not just for next year, but trying to get something done with him so that he can be here like the next three years or however long he's going to be in the NFL. Um, and then looking at pulling in another receiver, probably rookie or something. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they need to kind of assess the receiving core a little well. Um, Westbrook, Akini's been doing well, but he's no better than a third, fourth receiver. And then Kyle Phillips can't seem to stay healthy. So, you know, we just don't, the Titans just don't have much depth there. I need to, need to reevaluate that. And then the other evaluation is to, you know, especially once they get eliminated. And I think they're somewhat already doing this. And that is Derek Henry. Um, I think it's time for Henry to take a back seat. Let Tajay Spears shine, see what all he can do with the heavier load. Uh, you know, that way they can kind of figure out what more, like what value do they want to put on Henry? I, I don't think there's anybody in the Titans organization that fully feels like just let Henry go. He can never come back. I think it's more of a, they wouldn't mind Henry being back on this team, but at what price? And he's probably going to have to accept that. At best, he's going to have a timeshare role and not a starting role. And again, I don't know if Henry's camp would even want to do that. So I think you just need to go ahead and let see what you got in Spears. Give him a lot more carries, a lot more receptions, which they kind of were doing that a little bit in this last game. And I I kind of hope that that's what they're trending to um, so that we can really see what Tajay Spears is from a fan standpoint. Um you know, and, and go from there. And then of course the tight end Oconquo is looking like he's developing. Uh, finally, he just needs to catch the ball and the defense is actually playing well. And that's kind of surprising considering they lost their captain, but they've been playing well uh, for the most part. And I think when the offense does enough work and gets down the field enough, that defense does pretty good. Uh, when they've been asked to go out there quite a bit, like most other defenses, they get kind of owned. Um, now a couple other points on the Titans here, they've got tough decisions in the off season. I think from a fan's perspective, it's not very tough. You let Tannehill go, you let Henry go. Uh, now Henry will be tougher for most fans. I get that. But I think from a front office standpoint, there's a lot of people that recognize that Henry's not quite the same as what he used to be. He doesn't have as good of an initial burst coming from the the back spot, uh, meaning like either beside the quarterback or behind the quarterback, especially behind the quarterback. Um, he just doesn't have that good initial burst anymore. Um, you know, and I don't want to say he's slowing down, but I just don't think he gets off 
you know, gets off that first step very well. Um, he kind of he needs good linemen in front of him. He can still be a really good player once he, when he gets blocks. But if this team isn't going to invest in really good offensive linemen, it's going to be harder to justify keeping Henry around, basically what it boils down to. And you've got at least three spots in your offensive line, if not four, that you have to get better at. And you can't go into next year keeping Henry if you're going to have that kind of, if you're not going to improve that offensive line. So I think they let him go. I think they let Tannehill go. Um, I don't remember. I, I think Burke still has another year, if not two on his contract, but you got to look at Burks as a starting casualty as well. Cause he's just not going to be the same. He's not going to be the, what you thought he was going to be. Um, you know, I think they might look to upgrade the tight end spot. I'm not sure about that. Um, Oconquo, I think it's still be the tight starting tight end, but they may need to get a more experienced player in other than depending on Josh Wiley and a rookie. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I actually don't care if they do that with the tight end spot. I'd rather see them spend money or spend uh, picks on the offensive line protection for Willis. But um, you got that there. Defensively, we're going to need some players. But they've also got decisions, I think, on some of their defensive linemen, uh, a linebacker or two, I believe, a corner or two. There's basically um, 10 to like – I think like 10 guys that are key guys. There's definitely like six guys that are key starters that they're going to have to make decisions on. Um, like I said, two of those probably already done, but anyway, Titans should just, just make be making sure that they're evaluating for the season coming up. Um, so that when they get to the draft, they'll have really clear cut kind of decisions on what they need, at least from a needs perspective. And then it, it can, all the focus can be on player evaluation coming out of college and, who they feel like will be best fits for their team. And so that's the ASC South. Um, we talked about all pretty much all the teams in that division. Uh, you know, most of them are small market teams or middle-sized market teams. So it makes it kind of easy for that. Uh, next time, I think I'll be talking a little bit about some NBA stuff, kind of catching up on that after the in-season tournament. And uh, so thank you for listening to Just Sports with me, John Cawthon. Remember, you can get the Just Sports podcast on Apple, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and RedCircle.com. If you do listen and would like to send me a message, you can check out our group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com backslash groups backslash Just Sports with John. We'll talk to you all next time. And as always, Just Sports.